Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome into a Thursday edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weiner, alongside Thomas Carinante. And if we had done this before yesterday's game, or if we'd gotten a dub yesterday and held on, this would have been an insufferable podcast for the haters. But as it stands, the Yankees drop a game. Their winning streak finally comes to an end. And Nestor Cortez has a stamina problem. But you know what? Thomas and I are both aligned. Bad loss good team still pretty good team the baltimore orioles by the way are not 32 and 17 by accident first game of the series they blow a four nothing lead and the yankees win that game second game of the series yanks blow a 5-1 lead baltimore wins everybody goes home happy exactly once but we will talk about the nuance of both games what's wrong with nestor who should have pulled the trigger first aaron boone come out of the dugout a little sooner to come out at the right time should nestor face adam frazier I don't know, plus a very poised walk-off from Anthony Volpe, and we're going to play a game of Yankees, reality or BS, with several storylines from this past week. Some guesses, some quotes, some comments. We're going to try to pick through the nonsense to give you the reality. And also, uh, for a while yesterday, the Yankees uh, players were play, 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 playing, but at the end of the game, the Orioles got the last laugh. Maybe we don't tweet Taylor Swift lyrics in the in like the sixth inning of a game that we ultimately Go on to lose. It's time for the Yankees to keep the side of their street clean next time. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do get your podcast. Drop us a five-star review. Mailbag question would be nice. And if you're a visual learner, come find us live on YouTube, building the channel nicely. Watch hours banging. You people like watching the live stream. That's why we do it, I guess. Live every Monday and Thursday, 2 o'clock Eastern time. And the replay will be up on the channel at all times. Or, again, on all of those audio platforms. If your audio first got somebody reaching out to me this week saying he found the podcast after our episode about the worst loss of the season against the Rays, you picked a good time to start listening because the Yankees are 15-6 and since then for some reason. Good baseball team. Weird one, but a good one. Thomas Carinate, welcome to the show. For the betters out there or the people looking to dabble, you got an offer. Dabblers, come on over. If you're in New Jersey and Connecticut, we have an awesome limited time promo for you. Um, you got to be a new DraftKings user for this. So if you head on over to DraftKings.com or download the app and you have not yet bet on DraftKings, deposit a bunch of cash, place a $5 wager on any sport, and you'll have $150 instantly added to your account in bonus bets. Win or lose the bet, that's the beauty of it. So 
you know, if I was DraftKings, I'd probably say you have to win the bet. And then if you lose the bet, they still put the bonus bets in the account. So then everyone thinks, oh, DraftKings is so nice. That's great. But hey, in this scenario, DraftKings is telling you that it's essentially a risk-free bet. in bonus bets, win or lose. And all you have to do, it's pretty simple. Upon signing up is use the code YanksGoYard. That's how you redeem it. Uh, Using that code, again, YanksGoYard is a great way to support our podcast and us. If you want to hear us yell, um, if you like reading our content, uh, whatever, anything involving Adam and Thomas, it's a good way to support us and help. Uh, So if you don't yet have a DraftKings account, do us a solid, head on over there, sign up using that code YanksGoYard and place the first bet. This is for new customers only. You must be 21 and physically present in New Jersey or Connecticut. They know. They, trust me, they know. Um, please gamble responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you're in New Jersey or call 888-789-7777 if you're in Connecticut. This is a valid one offer per customer. It's minimum $5 deposit and $5 wager required to redeem. All rewards are issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets and expire seven days after being awarded. So you got to place $150 in bonus bets within that week. Have that That's a hell of a week. Just don't tell your wife. See full terms at DraftKings.com. And here we are. Here we are. They're just Talking bonus bets, though. So they if are. you throw them away and you lose them, you don't even have to. Hey, bad news, yeah. honey. I threw fake money into a well. <laughs> your wife's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> You have lost your mind. Uh, it's actually okay. Just have fun. Um, the New York Yankees gambled last night and lost. They did. Yeah. Um, they certainly did. It was a, yesterday was definitely a weird one, right? Uh, you, you you get out alive in that first game against the Orioles, and you're like, man, we we won that. Like with that Garrett Cole start and that like rally in the middle innings and the response to the rally from Baltimore where Garrett Cole, of course, takes the mound needing a shutdown inning and lets the first two batters reach base. Of course. And then run score there. And like you, you win that game. You're like, maybe nothing can hurt me. Maybe I'm completely invincible. And in the middle of yesterday's game too, you're like, this is, this is going according. This is not going according to plan. Like IKF homered and tripled glaber homer twice your phone's just blowing up and you're like i don't know why they're doing this but if we're gonna win this one maybe we'll just never lose again and then nestor uh walk single doinked off the foul pole it's five four in a matter of minutes and then uh three hits in a row and the orioles have the lead no outs recorded by the way so this is not like a sweet this is a, a gag this is an absolute gag but this is not like one of those gutting losses where you're like we had it and then we lost it it's like you're taking the lead you're building it up you're like how is this happening and then it's gone so quickly you don't even record an out in the seventh and you're like oh okay so we're gonna get run over by a train um that's what happened but the, the nester removal debate is the one that everybody's talking about today yeah. shame in getting knocked around by the orioles somebody tweeted yesterday the orioles are what the blue jays think they are and i love that and i'm gonna keep saying it over and Salute over to that tweet as the Blue Jays continue floundering in last place, or Alec Manoa is getting whomped at the trop today, is anybody surprised? No, because the Rays are good and the Blue Jays are quite bad at the moment. But uh, tough, it's tough all the way around, right? Nestor, his OPS against the third, the lineup the third time through the order is the worst of any qualified starter in baseball. 124th of 124. That's terrible. <laughs> Being the worst at something is really bad. That said, uh, I think we we agree on the basics here and differ on the mechanics because I don't I think he's got to come out for the seventh. And I also think that uh, 
the second game of a series against the Orioles when you've already won the first one is probably not the most important game of the season. No. It's not uh it's it's a prime opportunity for Nestor to figure things out. It's not uh the seventh inning of a game against the A's, right? It's not against it's not a team that stinks. It's a team that's good. It's a team that if you lose your steam, they're gonna jump on you. So it's a real test. Uh you want to win the game, and they did pull him before they were trailing or tied. They took Nestor out with a lead and said, all right, we'll give it to the best bullpen ERA in baseball. And uh, Jimmy Cordero can't even get it out. He cracked corn, and I do care. Um, but they, Nestor comes out 77 pitches. In my opinion, he's got to start the seventh. No reason not to. you got to test him. With him, it's been the walks this year, and it's been the fastball getting hit when it's over the heart of the plate in his third time through the order. Walks the first guy, gives up a single. It's first and second, nobody out for Adam Frazier. I see both sides of this. I pull him right there because I want him to feel good about the. I challenged him in the seventh, and then he failed. Right? You don't re, you don't record an out in the first two batters. F in the seventh inning, you already blew it. Right? I wanted you to get through this test and get through the seventh. There goes six and two thirds or whatever. You bungled it. So now I get you out before you can allow any more than the three earned runs. Because if both inherited runners score, they're on you. You get out at six innings, three earned, and that's a quality start. If the bullpen blows up in your face. Aaron Boone liked the lefty-lefty with Frazier up, and I don't know if you did too, um, but that that's where things went wrong. I know they like the lefty-lefty, so at that point, why are you going to take him out? Who are you going to go? You're going to go to Wandy in in the in the seventh? Maybe. The problem with this whole thing is I'll get to my point in a second, but 77 pitches heading into the seventh. The bullpen's not going. You don't have the bullpen. You don't have your desired reliever warming up you don't have really anybody warmed up because there's no reason to have anybody warmed up at this point here Nestor already got through the first three batters of the lineup the previous inning so all he had to do was take care of four five six I know it's not not the easiest task in the world but yeah um the problem in my opinion here was just Nestor's execution Aaron Boone cannot be in my opinion managing Nestor like that you know he he knows that the third time through the order has been an issue for him right but Nestor is not a pitcher that should have this problem all year he's already made 10 starts that's 33 percent of the starts he's going to make this year still hasn't figured this out he's got to figure it out at some point the Yankees can't be managing every game that he's pitching being like oh well you know what once we get to the six Nestor's probably coming out or you know if he has a laboring start and the batters are coming around for the third time in the fifth we're taking him out that's this is a guy who's supposed to be you know, up until we signed Rodon. This was probably the number two starter. I know he didn't necessarily, he doesn't necessarily have the stuff of a number two starter, but his last 42 starts with this team was a sub three ERA in 2021 and 2022 was a sub three ERA and a sub one whip. You should be able to get through the seventh against the Orioles. So I think Boone challenging him there was the right decision. You, then you get the lefty lefty. It's an awful pitch to Adam Frazier. Awful, awful pitch. I, I don't know. I don't know what he was throwing. I don't know what he was thinking, but it's poor execution on his part. He has to get over these struggles because nobody else is going to do it for him. Aaron Boone has to manage Clark Schmidt and Johnny Brito in that manner. Okay. When they get into trouble, you know, we have to make sure we have all of our grounds covered in the event they get into a jam, in the event they let the first base runner on, you know, in a certain inning or whatever. We don't want this to unravel. Nestor unraveling in 12 pitches is Nestor's fault. I don't think that that's anybody else's fault. And that's kind of my take here. And look, 
I will say it myself because I've complained about it before. I hate when Boone takes pitchers out at the first sign of trouble. I hate it. It's the it's it's so infuriating. He did it to Domingo Herman twice this year. Everybody was complaining about it because they thought they could get extra run out of him instead of going to the bullpen to somebody like he went to Clay Holmes a couple times when Clay Holmes wasn't atop his game. So that's the other problem you run into. Who are you going to go to in these situations when the matchup isn't entirely you're facing at that point six, seven, eight? Who are you bringing in for six, seven, eight? I don't know. Like that's that's the other tough decision. Theoretically, Nestor Cortez should be able to get an out or get you out of it and not give up a home run to a batter that is not power. Adam Frazier is not a power hitter. Career high, 12 home runs in a season, I think was his most. He's this is the matchup you want. A, 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 a soft swinging lefty on a lefty starter. He had the chance to rebound. He didn't. I think either way, look, who what, what's the situation? You take Nestor out, you bring in Jimmy Cordero. Jimmy Cordero implodes like he did, and then it's like, why didn't you leave Nestor in for the lefty-lefty, idiot? And then at that point, you're just like, all right, bring it out to Brayu because whatever the fuck's going to happen is going to happen, and then they give up eight runs. So it's just a bad loss. Uh, the chips didn't fall uh, the way that they needed it to, but my whole takeaway from this is Nestor needs to get over the third time in the order. This can't continue for more than half of the season. At this rate, it's trending in that direction. I think Aaron Boone was trying to nip it in the bud with a great opportunity to challenge him. I don't disagree with what you're saying too, right? He did fail. Walk, single. Okay, you screwed up. But at that point, the lefty's coming up. So it's like, okay, a little bit more of an advantage. I don't know what that pitch was. I've watched it four times. I don't know what he was throwing. Well, two games in a row decided by some of the worst pitches you'll ever see. The the Nestor pitch to Adam Frazier is dreadful. And the 0-2 pitch to Aaron Judge in the first game in the ninth <laughs> inning by Felix Batista is a look. You can get on hitters. Sometimes you see slop and you're like, why didn't he do more with that? Congrats on these guys for executing that 0-2 pitch. Like that really, that had home run all over, especially Crazy. with Aaron Judge at the plate. Um, he has to adjust. He does have to adjust from 100 down to 86 or whatever that looping splitter down the middle was but that is a dreadful pitch and Aaron Judge hit it 420 feet and after the game he basically was like I didn't think it was going because I didn't think I had enough power supplied to get that slow hanging nonsense out to left field luckily it went out by like 50 feet but uh yeah look we get prisoner of the moment stuff like I, I want to take Nestor out after he puts two on but I understand and, and I know now Cordero failed so it turns out I might not be a great manager but <laughs> prisoner of the moment stuff it's still 5-4 right yeah. Yankee fans are rolling their eyes because they think this is an easy win and now it's a one-run game I mean we were all rolling our eyes but the game's not over at that moment in time this is the best bullpen in baseball it's a top three bullpen with the Orioles and Astros those are the three best bullpen ERAs in the game so you don't think you have to engage those guys you're up 5-1 you hope you don't you hope Nestor goes through seven and then you could go to a Cordero up five one and then you could try to bail him out. But that's not the game you're playing anymore. After Nestor gives up that home run, it's five four. You have a defined chance to win the game. And I don't mind turning over a one run lead to the bullpen with three innings left and with the Yankee bats chipping away against the Orioles bullpen that they weirdly had a lot of success against in the first game. Yeah. And Eric Cano, who does not give up hits this year, let alone runs, gives up three to the Yankees in two innings. Felix Batista blows a save with a hanger. They, they sort of have the upper hand here. They ultimately do scratch out a sixth run in the bottom of the inning in the pouring rain. You keep it at 5-4, you can win that game. And then Cordero is, is worse than ever. And suddenly, you're right, it's Albert Abreu time. Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know what... 
it, it was it was a lost cause in it, it, it's and those games are going to happen so people look there there have been plenty plenty of reasons to complain this year with um Aaron Boone's managerial decisions we had talked about it at length before two weeks ago when they were going on this run I don't think this is one of them I think this is just baseball is 162 games it's probably the most inexplicable sport out there um <laughs> In terms of just the occurrences, you then half the time it doesn't make any sense. This was one of those senseless games. We got to chalk it up to that. And hey, look, enjoyed a very fun game the night before. Um, Aaron Judge with that home run, Anthony Volpe with his first career walk off. Like, how are you going to argue with that? You know that that's a and again, it was another victory where the Yankees were punching back and they were showing you that they had life. And I think that's more important than the league best bullpen finally having a shitty outing for the first time in how long, I don't even remember the last time this bullpen, you know, let us down to this extent. I really don't. Um, outside I mean, it's, of it's again, this hilarious. Boom. Yeah. It's, it's this hilarious, like Yankees only viewpoint where yeah. like, Oh, you cannot blow that game. You cannot <laughs> blow that game. What did the Orioles do the day before <laughs> they blew a four nothing lead to lead. us? Yeah. So like Jason, it's the it's the fans and the haters. It's like I don't care what you say. You cannot lose that four nothing lead. The <laughs> Orioles are better than you. What did the Orioles do yesterday? I didn't watch yesterday's game. Like you literally, you have to go back one day to see the team that you're now envious of doing the same thing. And Jason Locke and Fora, uh, who has been lost to the sands of time, but at yep. one point was like a prominent <laughs> football writer. Tweeted as he's an Orioles fan. Tweeted as the Yankees were blowing that game yesterday. Yankees play Little League defense and suck fundamentally, and I am totally here for it. Frankenstein ball club. They ain't it. Postseason spectators. Not athletic enough for this division. Sorry. You did this yesterday. Your team (laughs) did it yesterday. Like, how are we the NBA now? Are we just going date it like – Oh, Aaron Judge does not have what it takes to succeed in the clutch. Aaron Judge hits clutch home run. Aaron Judge's clutch gene has been activated. Like, what are we doing here? This is 162 game season. Uh, yeah, it's the, if you did the daily sports discourse like we did with maybe something like football, which I think is more reasonable because it's week to week and one game is a large chunk of your season. You do it for 162 games. You're just you either not watching. You're watching every four games and you're just drawing a conclusion based on that. Um, or you want to run yourself into the ground because that's that's why today's podcast we could yell, we could go on Twitter, we could see what everyone's yelling about. I don't want to yell today. I just did. Their, I just yelled. That would have been mean, their sixth straight win. What do you want me to do? You're not going to win every game in a row. It's just not going to happen. Or no, you straight. are. You are. You have to do that. You have to do that. <laughs> um, I mean, tonight's Clark Schmidt on the mound, right? Doesn't feel good. Doesn't feel great necessarily, but. Worst things have happened. You have a theoretically arrested bullpen ish now. Yeah, sort of. So if you have to yank Schmidt a little bit early, look, you the do. Yankees bats are fine. Like outside of man, uh, I know Anthony Rizzo had that RBI single last night, but th- th- those were three of the worst. He struck out four times and three of them were three of the worst strikeouts I've ever seen. Um One of those, not a strikeout with runners on base. Like we're also we're also singing a different tune. Um, but then again, the Yankees offense has largely been productive. They have been getting hit more hits with runners in scoring position. They've been hitting more home runs. They have not been going uh, 
They have not been going down. A 3 nothing game in the fourth is not over for them like it was in 2021 when you sim the game to the ninth inning and you know what was happening. This offense has resiliency. There's more athleticism in there, so I also don't know what Lockhand 4 is talking about. Um, he watched one inning where they gave up a bunch of hits. <laughs> yeah. That's the defense Jimmy does Kirk. need to tighten up. I will say that, but you know, you have Volpe still look, they, they called that hit a single off of um, who hit that Austin Hayes off yeah. Nestor that Lavender kept leaning alive. I think a, I think a starting shortstop at least knocks that down and maybe gets the out at second. Um, he Volpe has been getting eaten by some balls over there and they haven't been easy plays. And I understand that. And yes, he is uh, 22 years old, but you know, it's got to get cleaned up and we're a third of the way through the year. I'm, I'm optimistic that that, that will be the case, but yeah, the D, yeah, there's still some defensive adjustments to be made. The Yankees still have injuries. Don't forget that. Um, some, some airheads on defense. It happens uh, with this team, but um, they're still more bases. They're running the bases a, at least a little bit better than they're not egregious in these, uh, in these um, aspects of the game. Sometimes, sometimes you see flashes of it and you're like, what are you doing? But other, otherwise this team has been equipped to, you know, they're, they're 30 and 21. They're, they're, they're kind of good. Um, when you're looking at the general MLB landscape, the Dodgers have 31 wins. That's the most in the national league. That's the best team in the national league. We're one win behind them. Okay. It's a good season so far, guys. We don't have to be screaming about one bullpen loss and we don't have to be claiming the Yankees now don't have what it takes to get through the AL East because, uh, you saw a couple of defensive miscues and, you know, uh, poor, I don't even know what else was he referring to. What else, what Kyle else Higashioka was sloppy. I mean, Ben Rortvet should be starting every day, to be honest. Uh, I mean, every day, as as many times as a catcher. Should be starting more, starting. yeah. He should be the starter, and he, he should still be the backup. And while Trevino's out, I don't know if he's going to be. But, um, yeah, a little sloppy yesterday. Look, it is what sure. it is. They are. They started 15 and 15. Remember when we were going on and on about how the Red Sox had, like, 20 wins and 16 comeback wins at a point? And the Yankees were like 15 and 15 with three comeback wins. Now the Yankees, I believe, have like 12 or 13 comeback wins. All of a sudden, maybe even more than that. I mean, I think more than that. Every day they're seemingly coming back from four nothing down. And the Red Sox are two over 500, just got swept by the Angels. Getting uh, lost in the mm-hmm. AL East, that's the Blue Jays. I mean, they can't handle the AL East. Alec Manoa can't yeah. handle the AL East. Down 5-1 here at the Trop again today. That score continues to go up as the podcast goes on. And uh, Volpe, uh, the the judge home run was majestic against Batista. The Volpe walk-off, I think, uh, does deserve – it's like a little tip of the cap. So they – nobody's better in extra innings than Michael King. No, he's the best. Important. He he is the absolute best in extra innings. He's the best at a lot of things, but he's the best ghost runner pitcher I've ever seen. That guy never scores. That is such a crucial element to the stupid modern baseball. I, I understand why we have the ghost runner, but you need a weapon like Michael King, who is unflappable with that guy placed on second base. He was so mm-hmm. good at that last year. I'll never forget the Astros game that Judge ended with a walk-off where he stranded that dude on second, and, and things honestly started to go downhill for him. You could tell he was battling something in the elbow when he came back from the All-Star break and could not strand the runner in extras against the Astros in Houston. And then a couple weeks later, he was on the IL for the remainder of the season. He does his job in the ninth, in the tenth. Volpe yeah. makes a leaping catch that deserves again a little hat tip. Yeah. Not easy. Adam Frazier almost gets that in. And then the the tenth inning starts. Bader gets the runner over. He's trying to bunt it first, which is insane because 
then the runners at third and you're thinking, okay, well, they'll obviously pitch to Willie Calhoun, who I don't trust to get the runner in. And then it's Volpe with a runner on third and two outs. Bader chops the runner to third. They, they intentionally walk Willie Calhoun, which yeah. is modern managing. I don't think Brandon Hyde of the Orioles is a bad manager, but that's modern managing at its worst. That is formulaic. That is all right. Here's a guy. Let's set up a double play. Wait, but do you know who's up? I don't care. We need to set up the double play. We have to do it. Okay. Well, do you know Willie Calhoun is like the last guy on this roster and the most cuttable player on the team? Again, I don't care. We have to set up the double play. Do you know Volpe has a lot of swing and miss in his game? And maybe he's more likely to do that than ground into a double play. They didn't care at all. Bring him up, runners in the corners, one out. And just the most poised walk-off of all time. How tired are you? I'm sure very tired of Yankees players with a runner on third and less than two outs swinging oh the fences, gripping and ripping, having no sense. DJ LeMahieu for like four years. Obviously, Aaron Judge is the best hitter on this team, but DJ LeMahieu has been the only guy in that scenario where I'm like, he's going to put the bat on the ball. Is he going to knock the runner in? Pretty good chance he's going to knock the runner in. If he doesn't, it's the minority rather than the majority. Volpe gets a 96 mile an hour sinker, just slams the bat on it, flips it into deep center field. Not looking for a homer, not looking to be a hero in the uh, traditional sense, just looking for yeah. the, the non-traditional sack fly uh, because he is aware enough to know I don't need to do anything here other than elevate the ball with enough authority to get it deep enough that they can't throw this runner out. This is either going to be a pop-up or a sack fly. This is the only two things this is going to be. It's not dunking in. Alec Bohm did it yesterday too uh, for the Phillies. The base is a little one out in the bottom of the 10th. Uh, got the first pitch, just flipped it in a deep right. That one fell. All you have to do with that runner on third and one out, flip it. Go with the pitch. And Baker threw a good first pitch to Volpe, and he still scooped it out and flew out deep to right center field. So I was very proud of him for that A-B. He's got growing pains. The defense needs to progress. But uh, he's not hitting right now, like at all. No. He's almost under 200. That's a poised at-bat from somebody who's struggling. Yeah, uh, or as I like to call it, a beta walk-off. It was. Well, beta, but guess what? Got the job done. I'll beta my way into success. Um, hmm. Do I disagree with walking Calhoun? I don't know. Yes, you do. Yes, you I, do. Wait, what, what are you talking about? I Because you, if you, Volpe's not hitting right now at all. It's true. So if you strike him out, if you Calhoun has a low, lower strikeout rate this year. So like, this is where I guess you might twist yourself into a pretzel. If you're a manager, Calhoun Managing obviously hard. not great, but doesn't strike out a whole lot. So an accidental fly ball wins the game, a grounder to maybe, uh, you know, um, in the hole towards the shortstop or the second baseman ends the game. So at that point he's like, all right, Volpe's not hitting, put some pressure on him. And uh, maybe he grounds to a double play. You know, he's, what is he getting? 203. His OVP is awful. His OVP is under 300. Um, yeah. He's striking out an absolute ton. Um, another crazy thing that I was just looking at Volpe Sats the other day, two stolen bases since May 6th. That has to be fixed. Yeah. I don't know if that's his fault. I don't know if that's the team's fault for not sending him when he gets on in the few amount of times that he's been getting on, but fix that. Um, but anyway, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I'm like, I don't know if I would get, super mad at Boone for doing something like that. But you do look at the totality of it and you're like, this is the last guy on the bench. What are you doing? Um, I forgot who was pitching. Was it a righty? Yeah. Brian Baker. Okay. So you have the righty lefty. I mean, if you really think about this and really, you know, 
this is this is where you manage yourself to a fault and you go you know you consider you know 16 factors when someone with like a 600 ops is coming up and then you make the wrong decision so i could see it both ways but yeah walking calhoun does seem insane on the surface um but nonetheless happy for volpe that's huge for him hopefully huge for his confidence um because like we said still low 200s still obping below um uh 300 i think it's like 291 or something um not stealing a ton of bases a uh, little bit night and day on defense you mentioned that great grab and extras um they t- turn the great double play um uh against the uh, the reds which was incredible um and then you have situations where he's getting eaten up, booted a couple of routine grounders over the last couple of weeks. So, um, look, it's about him getting on track, and the Yankees got to play out the season and let him do that. Because on what planet, unless you're the Rays or the Dodgers, who are the the gold standard for this, you don't just bring people up and they don't just perfectly assimilate to the roster and are used to MLB action and are automatically all-stars. It just doesn't work, especially not with the Yankees, who famously – don't really develop that many players well. We can get into that argument with you guys if you want at some point. I know Adam will have a field day with that. But, um, Serenity yeah. Now. Yeah. At this point, look, just got to get everybody. You can't let these types of losses get down on you. You got to have Volpe, someone who has to build off of that success from the walk-off and have his confidence roll over. Um you know, someone like Glaber has got to ride the hot streak after what he did last night, even though it resulted in a loss. Like, I think they're generally doing most of the things that we care about the right way. There's other things we got to clean up. But again, I don't know. I don't know how you could be complaining today. Nope. Uh, did I want to win? Uh, you yeah. bet. Winning's but, great. Yeah, winning's great. But uh, of all the losses, this one's not not absolutely crushing me. Again, playing the Orioles also just feels like. It's a nice, it's a nice rivalry. When it's over, I do the thing that guys in the 40s and 50s did, where you're like, "Hey, nice job, hey. well done." Hey. Blue Jays losing the Blue Jays, I'm like, "Oh my god, I won't eat lunch today." Losing the <laughs> Orioles, I'm like, "Okay, fine." Um, well, if you're just joining us, if you were here earlier, if you want to hear it again, hey, New Jersey and Connecticut, this you, you up, you up. We have an awesome limited time promo for new DraftKings users in those states. Deposit and place a $5 or more wager on any sport. That's any sport to get $150 instantly added to your account in bonus bets, win or lose. All you have to do is use our code YanksGoYard at sign up to redeem. Remember, new users. Anytime I say any sport, it reminds me of in fifth grade when a bully said, I bet I could beat you at any sport. And I said, I thought I had a great comeback. I said, what about croquet? I didn't play that. And I just thought it was a great comeback. And he goes, yeah, I said I could beat you at any sport. I was like, oh, well then, <laughs> kick my ass. Use our code Yanks Go Yard. It's a great way to support the pod. So if you don't yet have a DraftKings account, too, it's a solid sign up with code Yanks Go Yard. Place that first bet. New customers only 21 plus and physically present in New Jersey or Connecticut. Please gamble responsibly. Don't be like me talking to bullies. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey or 888-789-7777 in Connecticut. Valid one offer per customer, minimum $5 deposit, $5 wage required. Rewards issued is not withdrawable bonus bets and expire seven days after being awarded. See full terms at DraftKings.com. Man, someday AI is going to do that for me, and that'll be really dark. I'm going to miss saying those DraftKings reads for sure. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let's play a real BS game. A four-round game. Return to the back half of this podcast into a game we're trying to smell out what the Yankees are doing, whether they're telling us lies. I genuinely can't tell on occasion if they're blustering, if they really believe this, if they're outright making this up. These four uh, that I have collected, four recent examples from the last two days, so many potential lies, so many possible truths. Um, I'm trying to pick these apart. The first one, I'm going to be honest with you. I think this is real. Uh, Aaron Boone. Talking mm. about Josh Donaldson, all of a sudden, remember when Josh Donaldson was getting the Ellsbury treatment? We were laughing about it. He had a, yeah. some slice on his finger or whatever, and he was saying, "Oh, they're burying me. I'm never coming back." All of a sudden, he's starting a rehab assignment this week. He might be the first guy back through that door. They're going to have to make some weird roster decisions when he comes back. And when he comes back, Aaron Boone says he is an everyday player. He is a starter. Some people saying, "Oh, he better not be. That better not be true." I tell you what. I think that's real because why would you employ him if you did not play him every day? And B, I'm not even sure it's the wrong move right now with DJ LeMay, who's struggling a little bit, maybe going through something, and we'll talk about him in a second, and DH reps being wide open. There's an infield logjam when Giancarlo Stanton's on the roster. When he's not, you can put Donaldson in his elite defense at third base I would like to hit him seven. We'll see what they actually do. But you can put his elite defense at third. You can alternate DH reps between Torres and LeMahieu, and you remove Willie Calhoun or Jake Bowers from the lineup. You are not missing out on some incredible batsman. Oswald Peraza is in the minors, right? You're losing Calhoun reps when you start Donaldson. I don't think he's epic, and I think they're not afraid to eat money if he's terrible. But the defense and the potential for a bounce back or a hot month, he's better than Calhoun. I would start him right away. Yeah, it's not BS. And I think even if the roster was a little bit better, it still wouldn't be BS. Yes. The Yankees are not giving us two gifts this year with a Hicks DFA and a Donaldson DFA. We were hoping for it. We can hope. We're allowed to hope. But you got to be a little bit realistic here. I know that. Right now, we're employing Greg Allen, Jake Bowers, Oswaldo Cabrera, Isaiah Conner-Falefa, Willie Calhoun. Um, for as much as P- Ben Bordvet, uh, for as much as people dislike Josh Donaldson, which I totally understand, and you know we've been outspoken about as well, um, more of Cashman's fault than anything. He's better than those guys, uh, brings more value than those guys, and would at the very least. Um instill uh maybe a little bit more fear in opposing pitchers if he's batting seventh again they have to bat him in the right spot yeah the defense is valuable i understand dj lemayhew um is just on is just as good as defense as donaldson they're right on par um his bat is better um but dj has been prone to slumps more often over these last couple seasons, whether that's injuries whether it's whatever i don't know but it's been the reality um and the yankees are not the Yankees just had a $27 million sunk cost. They're not doing another $27 million sunk cost. It's just not happening. Um, Josh Donaldson has a role to play. 
if he eventually becomes a bench guy as the season goes on and maybe there are uh, maybe some more people come into the fold around the trade deadline or you get a prospect promotion and there's a little bit more of a promising uh, timeline there for somebody, um, then we could start talking about that being the reality. But right now, I think maybe you have a better situation with Donaldson starting a third or at least just flip-flopping in and out with DJ. These guys get off their feet. You still you don't downgrade on the defensive side of the ball, and you let the other guys take care of most of the heavy lifting on offense, which has been the case for the most part for this entire year. Yeah. Uh, Donaldson, two hits in his first two games, and then zero hits. So you know what? It Yay. is what it is. Um, yippee, yippee, Kaye. Um, yeah, I'm putting him at seventh, and uh, not he, a, he's got a bad seventh. Will he? Seventh. Will he? No. Um, but I, I saw someone on Twitter today or yesterday, I think, responding to the final score tweet or something, saying, "I don't get the whole DJ Lemayhew thing." And I was like, you don't get it? He was like the, the MVP thing? of the league in 2019 and 2020. And then I had to tie myself down to be like, Adam, this is a 12-year-old. Like, there's a reason he doesn't what's get the, it. What's the thing? Why he, he was exists? Eight. I'm sure he was eight when DJ LeMahieu was hitting in 2019. I'm sure he didn't watch. No, what what did you mean by I don't get the DJ LeMahieu thing? Like, why whether, he's, whether on he's, good, why he's on the team, why he's good. Oh, yeah, that's a 12-year-old. Yep. Yeah, it's a child. So then you're like, oh, I don't <laughs> – I don't need to get offended by this child who wasn't watching baseball. It's okay for that kid. Um, DJ Lane, he was really good a couple years ago. Now he's a little less good, but he's still pretty good. Yeah. What about this? Uh, real fake. This is just a guess. Brian Hoke suspects a suspicion, a premonition Ooh. that Giancarlo Stanton will, in fact, be returning by the Los Angeles Dodgers series, which is next weekend. <laughs> uh, not totally uh, coming out of thin air. Because uh, after they said Donaldson starts the rehab today or tomorrow or whenever it ends up being, they said Stanton could get into rehab games over the weekend. I don't know that I think that he will, but if he did, he could be activated a week later. He loves the spotlight. He played through an injury last summer to win the MVP at the All-Star game pretty blatantly. Um, He was hurt as soon as he got back and missed an extended period of time after that. Um, This one, though, I think is BS. I think Stanton wants to come back. For the Dodgers series, I think he'd love to. I don't think you'll see him until mid-June. This would, if Stanton comes back for this series, this would have been the best case scenario timetable for his return. Um, Remember, it was, uh, they said uh, six weeks was the optimistic return. That puts us right in the wheelhouse of that. Six weeks would be, I think, like a few, the would be the series before whoever we're playing. Mariners? Uh, Yeah. It's Mariners, yeah. that, That would be... So three days after that, three days outside of the six-week timetable, absolutely not. John Carlos Stanton's rehabs are always at least two weeks longer than they need, or recovery timetables are two weeks longer than they need to be. If he's not in rehab games right now and they still don't know when he's going to get into rehab games, I don't know how you can assume he'll be in the lineup eight days from now. It's eight days from now. I don't. It's it, that's Brian Hoke. I think doing a fun job to get people uh, a little bit excited but if anybody he knows how this works he knows exactly how careful they're going to be and how they're if they're not clear on what John Carlos Stanton's exactly doing but Boone was on the Talking Yanks podcast again the other day how's John Carlos Stanton yeah he's doing good what does that mean like he's feeling good his life is good 
Mm-hmm. What, how, what is the hamstring doing? Do what is it like? What is the action that he's doing? Has he ramped up anything to the point where you think he could be at, at, at game speed? We're still not hearing any of that information. And he's doing they, good. He's doing good. He's, he's no longer focused on baseball. It's not really, <laughs> not really preoccupying him so much anymore. So his mind's finally free. He's doing a lot of painting, a lot of interpretive mm-hmm. dance. Like, I don't know. Good could be a lot of could mean a million different things, and that's what they they've been saying. John Carlo, they've been saying since like two weeks ago. John Carlo Stanton's doing well, so this is this is BS in the nicest form. It's just simply not happening. He will be coming back in the middle of June at the earliest, in my opinion. Um, where does that leave us? Who would be playing at that point? Red Sox. We got two Red Sox series on back-to-back weekends on June 9th and then June sixteenth. I would put him more in line for the ninth. And I would say that that would be realist. And I know that's only a week later, but at this point, if we're sitting here and we don't know when John Carlos Santon's going on a rehab assignment and we're eight days out from the Dodgers series, I think we'll have more clarity in four or five days in what he'll be doing. And then the clarity will be easier for the 10 days that will follow when facing, when having to go up against the Red Sox. So that's where I'll pencil him in. We got all sorts of uh, off days in June. Too. Wow. Uh weird schedule. All wow. all of a dang sudden we got uh we off next Thursday. Yeah, we we are off. We're off Thursday. We're off the Monday after that. We're off the Monday after that. We're wow. off the Thursday after that. We're off, we don't play on Monday in the month of June. That's no Monday. That's not a joke. That's wow. we don't have any Monday games. Good. We're off the fifth, twelfth, nineteenth, and twenty-sixth. Enjoy your Mondays. Yeah. No baseball games. Uh, that's not BS. That's real. That is not absolutely real. Um, okay. How about, how about it? How about DJ LeVay's bunt? Um, DJ Le- in, in the game, the Yankees won, so we don't need to think about it, but we will. DJ LeVay came up with runners on the corners and one out in the seventh against Yenier Cano, who again does not give up hits ever which I guess is part of the reason why DJ LeMahieu decided to follow a bloop single from Anthony Rizzo to put runners on the corners and one out. Glaber should have scored on the bloop, by the way. By the way! Yeah. And since, since none of it matters because they won the game, I can go back and say, Glaber, why, send him. Send the man. Uh, I think he would have <laughs> been safe. I think Judge would have walked it off then, but we'll see. Um, runners on the corners, one out, LeMahieu comes up. Cano is nasty. He's got sinkers, got change-ups, everything going down in the zone. DJ Bunts, foul. Interesting idea. You didn't get it down, though. So now you're going to be swinging, right? No. DJ Bunts, again, directly back to the pitcher. The contact play, but the worst one yet, because it's a little bunt instead of a ground ball. And uh, he's out of the Glaber's out of the play by like a mile. They don't score in the inning. They're down five. They're trailing. They're down 5-4. It's not a tie game. It's not a suicide squeeze. It was a safety squeeze. It was really dumb. In the post-game LeMahieu said, that was my call. That was my decision. I didn't want to hit a double play. So it was everything that you feared, right? It was like, that can't have just been because he was scared to maybe ground into a double play. You can't be playing with fear with runners in scoring position when you are one of the best clutch hitters on the team. Like, I'm at home scared of the double play. You can't be on the field scared of the double play. Is it real that he called for it on his own, or was he trying to protect Aaron Boone I actually think it was real. And DJ LeMay, he was trying to get creative and he psyched himself up. I agree. Um, Especially because I think your job as a manager, if you're Aaron Boone, um, 
is to refute what the player said and said, nope, that's on me. He's trying to, you know, he's trying, he's trying to cover and we're going to, we're going to say, you know, I'm going to come out and I'm going to be out. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. And I'm going to say that I, we ordered the bunt and um, DJ is just trying to be a team player um, and doesn't want to throw anybody under the bus, but I'll, I'll take one for the team myself and Boone didn't really do that. No. So <laughs> I think at that point, you know, that it's real. Um, and uh, I really, it, it is scary. Like, I mean, look, words have lost meaning um, as, mm-hmm. as the, as the years have progressed, but that is frightening to me. If DJ LeMahieu is scared of a pitcher and scared of his recent slump, which is, you know, fairly considerable back on May 10th, he was hitting 277 with an 825 OPS um, through yesterday's action, 250 with a 721 OPS. Um, DJ LeMahieu is a career 300 hitter. He cannot be hitting 250. He will not be hitting 250 all year. Um, but with the way the last couple of years have gone down, he's he's been more in the low 260s range, which is a considerable drop off from his career number. So um, if he's having that get in his head and it's coming to the point where he's contemplating bunting, which this team does not practice. The New York Yankees do not practice bunting. They are the anti-bunt. They they it is it is a part of the game the fundamental aspect of the game that they willingly ignore we know they ignore it it is no secret so for him to take it upon himself to bunt against a very good pitcher who throws sinkers which is notoriously hard pitch to bunt against then you've you've created a ground out you built the ground out you were scared of you you psych yourself out to the point where you think that this and if you think it's effective to do something that you never do against a pitcher who is who was created to negate the bunt, and then you do this, uh, kind of worrisome. I hope that I hope that somebody had a conversation with him if this was the actual reality. I think it's real. Um, I think that he was trying to get a little creative and a little bit too cute um, because the team needed a little bit of something there. And look how exciting it would have been if a run gets in on a suicide squeeze. But when was the last time? You saw the Yankees get a run in on a suicide squeeze. Um, that is not their brand of baseball, um, though we would like them to integrate some of that. You know, if Anthony Volpe's on third and you're doing that, okay, sure. Glaber Torres, a very bad base runner, a very slow base runner who never gets the correct jump on the bases. DJ LeMahieu must have really not been thinking because all factors of this make zero sense. That's how you know Boone didn't call it though, because he would never put on a play from the dugout. He doesn't do correct. How, when does he call a bunt ever? There's no he'll way call he'll the call contact the play, the contact run from third. That's all he'll do. Boone probably told Glaber break on a grounder, <laughs> but I don't think <laughs> yeah. he gave DJ the bunt sign. No. Uh, one final BS or reality. Um, Joe Girardi roasted Gary Sanchez. Mm. He gets on the air. He's on the air in Chicago, and. Uh, this is sort of a twist because he uh, so Gary Sanchez is the fastest to 50 homers or something as a, as a rookie catcher. And, and somebody in the booth goes, Oh man, Gary Sanchez was the fastest to something. And Joe Girardi's like, yeah, not on the bases. Uh, very funny. Don't know if he meant Gary Sanchez is slow or Gary Sanchez doesn't hustle. Both are acceptable. And uh, it's something clearly Joe Girardi wanted to get off his chest. I think, the BS or reality here is that true or false, Joe Girardi has wanted to say this since 2017. Like, was he just getting an easy joke off on Gary Sanchez? Or does he despise this man? And it led to his exit from New York. 
And remember the non-challenge that gets forgotten in the ALDS. The A's lost a game in the playoffs to go down 2-0 in a best of five because Gary Sanchez, one of the team MVPs in the 2017 Yankees, said to Joe Girardi, challenge this play. This is a foul ball. And Joe Girardi said, fuck off. I am not doing that. And they <laughs> gave up a grand slam and ultimately lost the game. Very similar game to yesterday, honestly, where they're still down 8-7 and you're like, they're going to lose though. And then they did many innings later. Um, I guess, so is it a spur of the moment? Is Girardi just having a laugh or does he deep-seated despise Gary Sanchez? I'm not really sure. <laughs> so, so you don't know? I don't know. You don't know I do. I honestly do. Think, so I think he meant he doesn't hustle. Yeah. And I think he has been harboring this for a long time. I would agree. But then again, you look at the last time Joe Girardi managed the Yankees was 2017. Gary Sanchez, those were the years, 2016, he 2017. He was where good. Gary Sanchez was the fastest catcher to reach 50 home or the fastest player to reach 50 home runs in whatever span of game ones that the uh, marquee sports network network was talking about um, during the Mets Cubs broadcast. So, um, yeah, I don't, I, I would say it's real. The reason I think it's real is because I don't know why he has a reason to say that. Um, if there, there's like no reason to joke about that. If you're Joe Girardi, in my opinion, you manage the guy for 170 games and uh, I think at that point, we didn't really have the finger on the pulse of Gary Sanchez's lack of hustle or lack of instincts. Um, most people were enamored by the power that he brought to the plate um, and the fact that he had a rocket arm and was throwing runners out at an insane clip. So at that point in 2016, 2017, there, was no, there were no negative narratives surrounding Gary Sanchez. Um, and none of this really even creeped into the mainstream yet um, and started making Yankees fans kind of look entitled and you know, all that all that other stuff that goes along with it because the outsiders would look in and be like, oh, you have one of the best hitting catchers in the league and you're complaining about him on a day-to-day basis. Grow up. You know, how about how about you be us who, you know, we can't even – we never even had a catcher before. We actually played with no catcher behind the plate. Um, try that. No. Try that, you jerk. Um, so, yeah, I don't really – it's weird because it does seem like there is some harboring of resentment or just discontent with maybe who Gary Sanchez was or his playing style, or maybe who he thought he was at that point. Like maybe Gary Sanchez was getting full of himself at that point in his Yankees career. And Joe Girardi in 2017 was like, who does this fucking guy think he is? Like I was a catcher, you know, I was a journeyman. I, you know, I paid my dues. It's that it's the whole yesteryear stuff. We do it generationally. Every, everyone does it. Um, so I think that, I think it is real because I don't know why, I don't know why you would have any other reason to say that, um, a weird dig for a guy who didn't manage him for that long. So clearly something's up. It's not the first time Girardi's put his foot in his mouth since leaving the Yankees. Never forget when he was on MLB network talking about the Astros cheating. And he said, quote, I was part of a system where it came from upstairs to someone in the dugout to the guy on second base. Why are you saying that? Why are you saying that? Don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say it on television. If you just think you can say stuff because you're not a part of the New York Yankees anymore, maybe next time just don't say it. Try harder not to say it. Use your mouth to say other words, like entirely different ones. Say different stuff. (laughs) That's my advice to you. Uh, That is it for this edition of the Yankees Carryard Podcast. In addition to this edition of Real War BS, a segment I hope to bring back when the Yankees spew more BS in a given week and we have to determine whether or not it is real. 
Uh, I think DJ bunted on his own. Uh, Lord have mercy on all of us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review if you're feeling so kind. Do not drop us less than a five-star review. That is unhelpful for all parties. And feel free to leave us a message. We'll be happy to answer it. Although you can also come get us a little quicker on Twitter.com for as long as it exists. We are not on Blue Sky. You can find us live here on YouTube. If you're not subscribed yet, heavily recommend it. But you don't need to be subscribed to get a hat tip on when the shows are. They'll be Monday and Thursday at 2 o'clock Eastern time to talk about the New York Yankees twice per week, and we'll go live when we gotta. If there's another time and another place that warrants it, until then, until next time, I'm Adam Water alongside Thomas Carinante. Thomas, <coughs> where can the people find you? Uh, you can't find me, I'm at Adam Water, but Thomas, where can they find you? I'm at Tommy's underscore takes. The both of us are at the official Yanks Go Guard Twitter account as well at Yanks Go Guard FS. Send some DMs, send some ats. Uh, make fun of us. A lot of you do that um, or be encouraging. That's fun too. Like we said, five-star reviews, leave the five-star review, then roast us in the comment. That's not going to make the rating go down, but it will allow you to get what you have to say off your chest, which yes. is a win for everybody. Win for all. Um, head on over to yanksgoyard.com. We got so much content there. We're having a good time. Um, Memorial Day weekend is here. Can you believe that? It better start getting warmer because it's not summer yet. Um, and I'm going to start getting frustrated if we're still dealing with 60 degree days here. Um, so enjoy your weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you again. Uh, actually Tuesday, Monday's a holiday. We're going to let you enjoy yourselves. You won't have to hear us. Good talk to you on Tuesday, 2 PM live right here. Um, and hopefully the Yankees get through this stretch of games and we don't have to yell because it's better when we do these podcasts, isn't it? It's more fun and it's nicer. And that's what we need. After I just got through being like, you know where to find us. It's Monday and Thursday. Every Monday and Thursday. Mondays will be the next time. No, literally the <laughs> next time you see us will be Tuesday. I'm a huge idiot. But enjoy your holiday weekend. Fire up the barbecue. See you on Tuesday. Let's go yeah. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.